Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com And welcome to Radio 5G Other Voices. Now, normally on this date, which is March 1st, 2023, that it will be shown, we have a Radio 5G show, and that's with myself and Mark uh, Joseph talking about a clip that I played in the first hour. So... We were supposed to do that instead of what we got, we're going to do tonight, today. And what happened was I sent this particular video over to Mark and said, you know, should I cut this? It's got such good information in it for the, you know, the one we were intending to do. And he came back and he said, don't, don't cut anything. He said, this is, this is an amazing video and, and you shouldn't take anything out. Now, the problem with it, it was an hour and 45 minutes or so. And when I started out this show with Michael Henry Dunn, way back in uh, February of 2019, I wanted to stay away from the woo-woo conspiracy, except in regards to 5G. It was very much dedicated to trying to bring out the science of why 5G was so dangerous, why electromagnetic pollution in general is so dangerous. So that that's what we did from from you know many years until well in 2020 we started to have to address some of the other things that were happening because we initially realized that when you turn on a 5G system there's a lot of deaths, a lot of illnesses that occurred that can be recorded. I mean, it, they did that in uh, Britain, in uh, Gateshead, a small township, and they were making it into a 5G city. And sure enough, as soon as they turn it on, there's a lot of problems. So we were very much focused in trying to get people aware of the 5G G dangers. And we were, you know, more or less sticking to the science. Well, then we have the pandemic thing happen, and when that occurred, we had to start opening up the way we we had been talking about 5G and looking at it, because with all those deaths, you knew that how can this be hidden? How can this amazing situation be hidden anymore? And I can't believe the dog is barking, but I'm just going, you know, ad-libbing here. So it was like, how, how, how are they, how are they going to keep this secret? This is so obvious. And then we get the pandemic, and well, then I began to wonder, wow, was the, the whole setup to make a 5G environment to get it dirty enough that people would begin to feel really sick, and then they say it's a pandemic worldwide? Well, it was fitting the profile. It came in Wuhan, China, one of the first three cities to be 5G have a 5G network. It 
then went to North uh, Italy, not South Italy, but North Italy, they had 5G in. And the New York City had had 5G for a number of years. So every one of these hot spots of this supposed pandemic COVID thing were in 5G cities. So then we began to wonder, oh, did they put the 5G up to cause this panic so that they could do even more with the lockdowns and the masks and putting kids out of school? I mean, the whole, you know the story. So we kind of changed the focus of what we were doing here a little more away from the 5G and the electromagnetic concepts of the dangers of it because there were so many other dangers that were even more pressing at the time. Well, the farther we get into this, the more interesting it becomes from the standpoint of, A, we're not alone. There's a, a huge number of doctors, scientists, thinkers, activists all over the world that are now fighting the, the, the evil behind all of this stuff we're seeing. And inevitably, whether it's a lawyer or a doctor or even a uh, vice president of Pfizer, same situation, it's like they realized that the evil was so intense that this had to be a spiritual war. It could not just be a 3D war. It had to be spiritual because really the only way you're going to win is hoping that there is a God, that we are powerful individuals from our own beingness and that we needed to be able to address the, the that aspect of reality in that if we're not going to tap into the higher self, if we're not going to be able to you know, be helped by God in whatever form you got. We don't have much of a chance here. And so it's interesting to see so many people who were pr pretty, you know, solid in science or medicine or, what, you know, just basic 3D life begin to realize that this is such an intense battle on so many battlefronts that it, it is a spiritual battle. So we're going to play this entire um, video, and it was done by, it was, it was called, the, the episode was called War, War Correspondent, and it was on February 23rd. Updates and analysis was Jean-Claude and Janine and Ricardo Bossi, B-O-S-I. Now, Bossy is from Australia, and I have hardly ever heard anybody so, I'll say succinctly, show the battlefield, the actual battlefield, what we're up against, what we're fighting against, and how we can win. Uh, this guy is very, very impressive, but he was also working with Jean-Claude, who is a Canadian, as is Janine. And they're both Canadians, but John Claude has a, a, a Rumble, I be, believe it is, station, Beyond Mystic. And he and Janine get together, and Janine gets her information through working with the tarot cards. So when I originally thought I was going to cut it down, I said, oh, let me take out, I'll take out everything, Janine, and I'll take out John Claude, and 
I'll just put this guy up. But when I went back and I listened to it, especially after Mark said, no, you can't cut it, I went back and I listened because I guess it was the second time I listened to it. I said, gee, I can't really take Janine out because, yes, it's very, very woo-woo, which is, you know, I don't like to go too far into the woo-woo, but I, we're all going into the woo-woo. And her analysis and her presentations based on what she was seeing from tarot cards was really, really impressive. So we're going to play this whole tape. I want to just run down, basically quickly, run down what you're going to hear in this. Okay, the question is, is the U.S. infrastructure under attack? Black hat, red, orange, yellow, white hat. And gives the demographics of these people. Why... How do you deal with people that are really thinking in different ways? It was a, you know, a real eye-opener and a way to be able to kind of like categorize and talk about some of this stuff. He also talks about dimensional warfare, uh, asymmetrical warfare, and the concept that in fifth-dimensional warfare, you've got... All right, we start with the, the people just beating each other up and dying on the battlefield. Then you get some weapons, and then you get uh, psychological things happening. By the time you get to the fifth kind of war, okay, the fifth state of war, you're dealing with attempting to get the minds of the people. That's what, that's what your goal is, the minds of the people. And then you have six-dimensional war, and that's the spiritual war, which we really are in, is going from fifth, they've all, they've sort of won fifth, they almost won the fifth, but we're definitely in the sixth dimensional war. Um, he talks about war with Russia, uh, he talks about Australia won, the concept that two, gov two party governments don't work, for heaven's sakes, let's just have one party and everybody represents a particular area of Australia. They also touch on a AI, artificial intelligence, and the ringing cedars of Russia and a little bit on 5G. So without any more ado, I'm going to start playing this. I tell you, I found it really interesting and easy to listen to. So um, hopefully you'll find it informative. And next week, Mark and I will be back uh, and, you know, discussing some other gem from the Internet. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here. Be safe and be blessed. Here we go. Hello Beyond Mystic and welcome to this very special War Correspondent Report. With me today, of course, my beautiful co-host. You can find her at tarotbyjanine.com and also here on beyondmystic.academy. Janine, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you two doing and everybody out there? We're doing excellent and we're excited to get started. With me also today, joining Janine and myself, of course, is the one only Ricardo Bosi. You can find him at AustraliaOneParty.com. Mr. Bosi, welcome to the show. How are you? Jean-Claude, thank you very much. Janine, thank you for your very kind invitation and it's an absolute pleasure and privilege to be with you today. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here today. Uh, Ricardo, as it is your first time on the Beyond Mystic channel for an interview, I wanted to take a first few minutes here to share with the audience members how perhaps Universe conspired to bring you to the work you're doing today. Let's start there and uh, have this wonderful conversation here with the audience. Go ahead. Sure, absolutely. Um, spirit 
guides us in the most amazing ways, and and they play a very sharp game. They really do. And I'll tell you two parts of the story because I was a good Catholic boy, altar boy, very earnest, very very sincere. Used to go to chapel at lunch times, things like that. Then I discovered alcohol and women, and decided that <laughs> I might choose a different path. Nothing, nothing terribly bad. Just just common and garden variety stuff. Anyway, uh, I was in um, the Special Air Service Regiment. Uh, it would have been in the uh, late eighties, and um, I was staring out the window one day, and I saw this extremely bright pinpoint of light. And I've subsequently heard about this before in others, but I've never actually uh, I didn't know at the time what it was but this extremely bright pinpoint of light. And all of a sudden, everything made sense. All fear left me, all confusion, all questions, everything. It was like knowing where every blade of grass on the planet was at once and everything was the way it should be. It's an extraordinary mm. experience. So that was my late 20s. And, um, and then that moment passed. And so but that was one of those seminal moments, uh, an anchor point, so to speak, that I could remember, I could go back to. I couldn't recall the feeling because it was brilliant. It was just extraordinary i couldn't recall the actual feeling but i knew it had occurred and it was an anchor point for me at the same time i decided there was no god believe it or not and uh, and made the statement there is no god terrified of course that by saying that and by god you can use any word you want universal divine source whatever uh, there were, the moment i'd said that he'd punish me because that's the the odd way <laughs> that we work mm-hmm. and as it turned out no nothing happened but what i decided at that point was i had to create a sense a, a, a complete moral structure for my life, an ethical life, absent anything from my past, from pure reason alone. Mm. Long journey, took a few years, and strangely enough, I ended up with what we basically have, what uh, Christ, and not really not, not Christianity, because don't get me confused with a lot of the, the nonsense Christianity out there. I'm just talking about his life and his words. And I ended up exactly with his precepts, and it made a lot of sense. Now, that's on the spiritual side. So that was always there. I was always connected in one way or another, even though I didn't want to be. Um, 2007, my then wife took my son and said, well, I'm off and you won't see your son again. And I can tell you, it's the feeling is like having your soul ripped out of you. Hmm. And I thought this won't be a problem because it's okay. Nothing unrecoverable has occurred. Uh, silly me. Because then I experienced the entire power of the state against an innocent individual at the most basic level, removing a, a son from his father. Mm-hmm. Eight years and half a million dollars later, and I didn't have half a million dollars. I was so broke at various points that I was representing myself in court, not knowing what the hell was going on. But eight years and half a million dollars later, I got custody of my son. And so that journey into the family court system, which many men go through, and some women, uh, where egregious injustices are done, that was the first step into understanding what's happening in the world. So it was a family court, and then one thing led to another, examinations into pedophilia, examinations into a, a range of other issues, and I realised that the organs of state were arraigned against the people in the most basic and, and egregious ways. Right. Then we went overseas very briefly. We, we were five years. We are in the Middle East. I was a contractor an advisor to the United Arab Emirates Special Operations Command. Brilliant experience. Uh, we trained them up. I did high-level strategic planning, capability development frameworks, high-level sort of headquarters work, as well as training up their troops, and we deployed to Afghanistan with them. Now, we came back to Australia, and we saw that Australia had degraded measurably, visibly, in the five years that we were away. And as you know, when you're absent a place, you see it much more clearly on your return. Right. 
And uh, we had a couple of young daughters and we put them into school. We realized the school was a problem. The education system was a problem. The curriculum was a problem. Everything was a problem. And so we withdrew them. We started homeschooling. And my wife, Rhiannon, and I um, looked at each other and said, we have to do something about it. It was one of those jobs that anybody could do, but nobody did do. So <laughs> we decided to do it. Not that we wanted to, but we had to. And it was all about protecting the children. It always came back to what is the one thing we have to win, and that's protecting the kids. Right. That led to us um, establish. I ran for parliament. I'm, I'm about to face my fifth election in four years, in under four years coming up. We've been working hard at this for some time now, trying to get into the, the position to do something about it. And so we, we established Australia One, which is uh, neither left nor right. It is, it's a question of right and wrong. It is just simply a question of right and wrong now. And we have many tens of thousands of supporters. Uh, we are well known nationally and internationally. And it's, it's the idea, it's this simple idea that we are responsible for ourselves. We have to create our world as best we can and then live within it uh, in peace and harmony with others. Right. And that's where we are. And now we are uh, in this war and uh, we have discovered as, as we've dived into this deeper and deeper and deeper, like many of your, your, your viewers, we dive down countless rabbit holes, come back up, get a breath of air and go down the next one. And we start to see the pattern of the enemy around against us. We start to see the environment. We start to see their tactics and techniques. And like everybody else, we're now battling them as best we can. Very good. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining us here today on this live interactive show. We're at 5,000 and growing here as we just start the live stream. Thank you, everyone, uh, for participating in this live interactive show today. We're going to get into those tactics here being used by the enemies, and we're also going to have a conversation about what our role uh, individually and collectively is in this uh, spiritual warfare and also 5G warfare we find ourselves in. Ricardo, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, Janine, given that this is a woo-woo show, also and it's the first time uh, for ricardo being on the show do you want to pull cards here also on perhaps what universe has to say with respect to ricardo's personal uh, mission here on the planet i'm curious to what maybe the cards can bring up here for the audience members you okay with that ricardo absolutely you betcha just make it sure <laughs> well just uh, while you're shuffling um when you did that first read on my piece to camera you were on the money you're exactly point perfect on everything you said. It was the first one you said, uh, I wasn't quite sure whether the timing was right. Should I, should I do this piece to camera now? Should I delay? And when I read, when I heard your, your read on it, I knew were, you were, you were the real deal because you were exactly on the mark. I remember that episode. That was amazing. All right, Denny, let me bring up your card view here uh, so people can see that live as well. Go ahead. So right away, we've got two parts to uh, Ricardo's mission here. It feels like sometimes it's really hard to juggle uh, everything that's being asked of you right now. I don't know if that feels right or not, but and it feels very karmic. So there's uh, a big spiritual and sort of past life flavor to this. Uh, so you've been working on this mission maybe for lifetimes. And you didn't have a choice. Everything you did to this point brought you exactly here, it looks like. That fool card says you didn't really have a choice. It was like the universe stepped you every step of the way to exactly where you are. Uh, and a big thing uh, that you're 
fighting, I guess, because we are, this is a war <laughs> correspondence program. So I guess I can use the word fighting is fear and people's fears, not your fears. Uh, I feel like that's not a problem for you, fear. You've conquered fear somehow, but you're helping a lot of people through their fears and facing their fears. That's a big part of your mission is to, uh, it's like you're guiding a large army of uh, light workers and regular folks that don't even realize they're in a war. You're like literally guiding them. Here, let me just make sure everybody can see those. Uh, and some people don't even realize they're actually uh, soldiers. So it seems to me you'd be the right one for that job. Okay. So we've got the eight, uh, eight of wands. And there are a lot of spiritual input. Like It's like you have yourself, your higher self, but there's this other element that seems to channel to you. Uh, I don't know what that would be. You'd know what that would be, I'm sure. But I feel like you channel sometimes from a source that's a third source. It's not your higher self, and it's it's outside of yourself somehow. Does that make any sense? Oh, you exactly. Everything you've said has been exactly right, Jenny. Yeah, it's like there's these three uh, power sources that you're coming from, and you're living them all out or trying to get them all to work together. Uh, and they all channel through you. There's three energies there that are working. And uh, a big part of it is guiding a large group of people through their fears to get to the other side of clarity and uh, their new life, I guess. If that makes any sense. It's karmic. Yes, it help. Yeah. Yeah. No, again, on the money, Janine, exactly right, including juggling more than I can comfortably handle and the, the sources of the inspiration and knowledge and um, advice, absolutely correct. And in terms of what I'm doing, I get that feedback all the time um, from people. And it's it's very humbling, but they say, thank you very much. You know, I watched you. Um, and sometimes, as you know, my, my language becomes a little salty, <laughs> so to speak. And one gentleman, one gentleman actually even said, I didn't know who you were, but I saw this guy yelling at me from the screen and it woke me up. So thank you so much. <laughs> okay. I love it. Thank you so much, Janine. That was perfect. And I think we chose the right person uh, to join us, of course, on this War Correspondent Show. Uh, the big focus of this show, of course, is to bring the audience from fear to power. So we're going to talk about the five generational, the fifth generational warfare leading into the sixth general durational warfare here in the show today before i do that for the next segment uh first of all again a big thank you to all of you and a big thank you to the uh sponsors here in the super chat uh, for the rumble you guys are amazing you make it possible for us to be here um let me just go through um in this new war correspondence series we want to kind to catalog a lot of these attacks that we're seeing we want to put them into perspective and we're also going to ask um both ricardo and the cards here to understand a little bit more what's happening to recognize the strategies uh that are enemies are using and then to see uh, from those strategies if there's something that we can do uh, to support this war effort. So if you bear with me for a minute or two here, uh, there's a lot here. This is the first, of course, episode, but I wanted to look at the last couple of weeks here in February that seems to be the demarcation point of 
us being in this covert war, moving into this uh, overt uh, part of the warfare. So the first episode, of course, was last week with Janine and I. Um, very well received, a quarter million views already on YouTube, uh, on, on Rumble. If you haven't seen it already, please do go check it out. It sets the stage uh, for this new war correspondent uh, uh, show that we have here on Rumble. So we had this... Um, uh, attack on uh, Turkey. A lot of people are suggesting that Harp was behind it. Fascinating. We can do a whole show, uh, our show on this event. Uh, here in North America, of course, it started with this uh, series of balloons and these spy balloons or perhaps UFOs here invading in our airspace. Uh, we had some um, Incursions in Montana. We had some incursions in uh, Alaska. I believe the Yukon here in Canada and also uh, Northern Ontario. So a lot was happening uh, with respect to our uh, airspace here in the first week of February. Uh, from there, we started seeing uh, the Pentagon and other sources battle for the war, uh, the narrative here as it pertained to these UFOs, whether or not they were uh, earthbound or uh, extraterrestrial in nature. This is still, um, um, I guess, a strategy that is being used to confuse and obfuscate what is happening in our airspace. So there's more to develop there. We also had this idea of these uh, green lasers in Hawaii, but also in Alaska, presumably mm -hmm. as a tracking device to some of these aerial incursions into our space. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, then, of course, um, a famous uh, author, Seymour Hirsch, uh, with his report on the uh, Nord Stream pipeline, setting into motion here perhaps a big awakening in Europe as to their NATO allies, the United States. And then, of course, we started getting some uh, train derailments here in North America. So uh, this was what a tweet from Cliff High saying, of course, if you don't recognize you're at war, you're an army. Uh, this is part of the reason we're doing these shows here today is to bring that to people's attention. We also had these big fires break out in uh, Florida and then more train derailments. Uh, this one here is, uh, where was this one? Van Buren Township. And then of course, uh, here in Detroit, Michigan, uh, then we had these NOAA reports about these chemical uh, particulates all the way up here in Ontario, uh, Canada as well, and Montreal on the Quebec side as well. So we're seeing here that we're getting some um, disastrous effects from some of these uh, rail derailments. On top of that here, uh, more fires erupting in uh, some plants, uh, commercial plants here in Florida. More mm -hmm. fires again here. This is in China. Uh, more fires again here. This is in Chicago. It goes on and on and on. Of course, we're hearing rumblings here that the, the U.S. is asking uh, diplomats and Americans to leave Russia, presumably setting up the stage here for perhaps a Russia-China um, warfare scenario, either in Ukraine or a world war scenario as well. Uh, Jenny and I looked at this last week, but it is on our radar. More balloons, of course, now from uh, Hawaii uh, moving in towards the uh, west coast of California. More fires here. This is in a food factory in Italy. Uh, of course, this is a, a massive casualty event explosion occurring in a plant in Bedford, Ohio, just a couple of days ago as well. Uh, electrical power outages here in California. And uh, there's more. <laughs> so what do you think? There's uh, not a lot. There's more here. And of course, more Union Pacific Railway uh, derailments. Um, this is a massive fire here in Brooklyn at one of the uh, lumber storage warehouses. All of this is seeming to happen um, as a strategic staccato uh, of events here in this new 
time frame and warfare we find ourselves in. Uh, more here in uh, Fayetteville. Uh, more train derailments here as well. And this uh, Y-12 National Security Complex here, Iranian uh, fire. So there's more on the slide deck there, but it sets the stage uh, for the conversation here today. As you're looking at that, and as a military person, Mr. Bosi, what are we looking at here? Are we looking at basically a panic mode of the enemy? Are we looking at a strategic um, attack where we're going to uh, attack certain infrastructure first and then move into perhaps communications and then other strategic uh, targets? As I've painted the picture here, and there's more in the slide deck, I just realized we, we should make it shorter than longer. What are your thoughts here? What are we looking at, Mr. Bosi? Okay. Um, the short answer, and then I'll give the long answer. The short answer is, that, yes, they're panicking, but that's the the, uh, the black hats, the bad guys are panicking. But there's also, mixed with that, a series of activities by the white hats, and, I'm, and your, your audience will be familiar with that. Let me just give you some context, though. Okay. Um, this, is a, this has been a, uh, how do I put it? Guerrillas don't, guerrillas win by not losing and conventional forces lose by not winning. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Now, we, the White Hats have been uh, basically guerrilla force for nearly 60 years. We are now only seeing the overt example, the transition from this guerrilla war they have been fighting, um, subterranean, uh, cyber, electronic, espionage. This guerrilla war has been running for 60 years, and we're now just starting to see it come above ground. And that's why we're now starting to see a lot of uh, events that you've just described. Add to that context the fact that the uh, our adversaries, and I'll use military terms, our adversaries, like every organization, has a hierarchy, and it goes way to the top. And depending on your perspective, uh, many will expect that there are many, many layers to this hierarchy, and it goes to a level that most people would not believe, so I'm not even going to mention it. Uh, the actual black hats themselves, you know, the presidents, these are these are just lower lower to middle order players in the game, and we're not even we're talking way above the Rothschilds and the rest. It, it, it is quite extraordinary. Now, the senior leadership of this hierarchy departed, and I think, Janine, you might have mentioned this, in fact, but they actually departed a year and a bit ago the highest level, so maybe two years, I can't recall exactly. But a year and a bit ago, they actually departed. And what's been happening is they have been compelled to depart and the the, the, the good guys have been chipping away from the top down, taking control with the lower levels, not understanding that they aren't getting orders from their original leaders. They get and, and Mr. Bozio, uh, pardon me for uh, interrupting. When you're talking about this higher level or hierarchy, you're talking about off-planet, just to be correct. Amongst other things, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> feel, feel free to, to fill in the words here. This is the Wu Show. Of course, our audience members are very uh, familiar with this vernacular. I just want to make sure that we're having the uncensored conversations. And please, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't, don't hold back your words. Uh, absolutely. So there are influences... Uh, well beyond, so certainly off planet and others as well. And so this has been, they've been working on this for some time now and they've been shipping away from the top down. Mm-hmm. And so what we're seeing now are panic, yes, but also plans that were in place for the black hats to roll out. And the white hats are allowing some of this to advance so that people get to see what was intended for them. I'll give you an example. The World Health Organization earlier later last year was saying there was going to be a world constitution that they were going to take over. That was uh, that was announced 
um, because that was what was intended, but the White Hats uh, arranged it not to be passed by 27 African nations, and so it never happened. So they're allowing the plan to be revealed, but um, they are stopping it from happening. Now, to your specific events that are happening now, some are Black Hat-inspired, and some are white hat inspired simply because if you see a food production facility go out, you might say to yourself, wow, they're trying to break down the food, um, the uh, the supply chain for food to the people, which will cause riots and, and chaos, which is what the black hats want. On the same, By the same token, some of those might be black hat ops. Others will be white hat ops where they are breaking, they are destroying food production facilities that are producing food that might contain human meat, for example, or these are food production facilities that the cabal uses to control the people to mm-hmm. be replaced by others. So if you are confused at any point, that is exactly what is intended for you by the, both the white and the black hats because nobody wants, your, wants their strategy to be discerned too easily. So right. it is massively confusing. If you are confused, there is a good reason for it because both are playing the same game. The good news out of all of these catastrophes, the excellent news is the white hats are increasingly in control and the black hats are increasingly panicking. And we even see it at, at, a, at a personal level here in Australia with us at A1. They are so bereft of ideas because the, the senior leadership has gone um, and now you've got these low-level trolls basically doing their best. And, you know, I receive late-night calls, old-school uh, sort of heavy-breathing calls at night at 3 in the morning trying to unsettle us. And all that tells me is that they are, they are out of control they have no idea what they're doing, and, and the incompetent lower levels are now running the show. But back to your point, these events, you can't look at them and say it's definitely the White Hats doing this or the Black Hats because they are confusing the two in order to wrong-foot the other side. The mm-hmm. White Hats don't want the Black Hats to understand how profoundly penetrated they are and how close to collapse they are. Mm-hmm. Wow, fascinating. Thank you so much. And. What, in your view, would be next? We're, we're looking at this critical infrastructure now, or the railway system, or food supply, or water supply, or, or air to some extent. What would be next on the game here? Are we looking at perhaps some attacks to our communication systems? I know we've already seen that in terms of the censorship and the wokeism and warping of our minds of our young children. But what do you see specifically maybe in terms of attacks to the comm systems? What, what, what will happen is it won't actually get to collapse. They Infrastructure might be hit to show the, the, the normies what was intended, but the White Hats cannot afford to allow chaos to ensue because that's what the Black Hats want. And so you, will, you, might, be, you might start to see attacks on, on infrastructure by category, but the impact will be localised. There, there won't be no negative impact. Of course there will be, but they cannot allow the chaos to ensue. And so, yeah, you will see exactly that. You might see uh, short blackouts. You might see... Um, outages mm-hmm. but again just to ex- show to people and, and funny you should mean to ask that exact question because this morning uh, in our area i woke up all the electricity uh, the electricity was out we had an outage and i thought okay it started happy days we can get into the next phase right uh, i went for a run around the block and then i realized it was just our block that was out and it was a salutary reminder what it's like to have the electricity gone yeah, is my phone charged? Oh, the internet's not up. Uh, how long will the food last in the fridge? So these little events might occur, but once again, it would be in order to wake the normies up just a little to say, my goodness me, um, what happened and why? They start to ask questions. But it cannot be allowed to actually collapse because if the White Hats handle their strategy incorrectly, 
they will inadvertently assist the black hats get what they want, which is chaos, food riots. Um, you know, I'm not sure what it was like in Canada, but during the first lockdowns, people were elbowing each other for a roll of toilet paper mm-hmm. in the supermarket. But you can right. imagine what happens when they run out of baked beans and tuna. Right. Um, and so they ha- you will see what you see is exactly what was intended, but it's our understanding the White Hats will pull it back and prevent it, prevent it from actually becoming a catastrophic failure. That makes sense. In our political world, also, we had uh, two attempts uh, to reverse the last election at the uh, Supreme Court, and both of them failed. And um, Cliff High, one of the um, um, authors here at uh, HalfPassHuman.com, was suggesting that that could not happen, a removal of these politicians in the way that it was proposed in the court case, because that would further divide the Americans. Contrary to what we specifically need right now is a united front against perhaps these um, World Economic Forum, Kazarian Mafia, Deep Cabal, whatever you want to call them. So let's get into this 5G warfare here. Uh, in Cliff High's Webbot Data reports, it is suggested that by mid-March to end of March, a bigger percentage of the population will indeed wake up to the fact that we are at war. Now explain why that might be important here in the efforts of the White Hats, why civilians waking up to the fact that they're at war and perhaps even engaging in some respect in supporting this war is the next phase here. Do you, first of all, see that this is the timeline perhaps in the next month where these staccato of events here will clearly wake up a percentage of the population? And two, how important is that population waking up here to the war efforts? Mr. Brosi. Yeah, the timeline I can't speak to because that's that's always the most critical part. We do we, what I have said publicly is by about July August the world will have already changed significantly. But in terms of what happens in the next six months, I can't say. But yes, it is exactly critical to wake up the people because in in in, in military operations, certainly in, in Western democracies, the center of gravity, that one thing that the government must have on its side, is always the support of the people. Mm. In dictatorships, you don't worry about it. You have the military. Uh, and you can impose exactly what you want on the population. But in in Western democracies, the center of gravity is the support of the people. And that's why I've said from the beginning, we must win the people. That is our objective. Without that, we have no success. Now, why is that critical at this point? We need to wake up as many normies as possible to what's going on because the actions required after this to repair the planet, every nation on the planet, will appear draconian to some. Now I'm I'm a I'm a massive libertarian. I'm you know if I could rename Australia one, it'd be Leave Me the Hell Alone Party. Mm-hmm. As long as I don't interfere with other people, don't interfere with me. Right. Yes, we must we must collectively decide to live according to a set of rules. I get all of that, but uh, after nearly a quarter of a century, just short of a quarter of a century, military, I'm tired of taking orders from anybody. And I certainly, just as I would not be a slave, I would not employ in, impose servitude on anyone else. To to paraphrase Abraham Lincoln. And so what's important is that enough normies have to wake up so when the solution arrives, they understand why. Now imagine if, and this has been mentioned many times, and it's only one potential solution, the imposition of uh, martial law to literally clean out the scum that's infiltrated every leadership group of life on earth, the polity, the judiciary, the constabulary, the military, the bureaucracy, uh, media, academia, big business, big unions, every church, synagogue, mosque, lodge, and temple. They've all been penetrated, and that's how they control the planet. Right. Rockefeller himself made the quote, "Um, the ability to manage people is as purchasable a commodity as sugar or coffee, and I'll pay more for that than anything else. That's how the cabal do it. 
they get talented people who can lead, not necessarily moral people, but they, they know how to manage people. They pay them a lot of money and they get the job done. And so that's what they've done. So we have to wake up the normies. So when the solution does come in, it, let's, let's say it, it arrives in the form of martial law, they understand why it has occurred. They must understand the depth of depravity to which the leadership has driven the entire planet. Now, my job in Oz is to, to do it as much as I can here in Australia to reveal this to them. Right. And around the planet, when you, when you think of this as a global military operation, every country needs to be waking the people up to show them. And just that is why we, we have a, a state election coming up in New South Wales, which is our most populous state on the east coast of Australia. We have a state election coming up. And this, as I said earlier, this is my fifth election in under four years. The objective this time is different. And I've, I've, I've come out publicly and said this. Our objective is not to get into, par into Parliament in order to pass laws and do deals. Our objective is to detect evidence of crime and, re and reveal it to the people. And we've given ourselves six months to do that. And so when we reveal the crime, and this is assisting, assisting the global strategy, it's our own strategy, and if it assists, great, but we see that as the way to go, to reveal crime to the people so they realise depravity doesn't even begin to describe what's been going on, and your viewers will be well aware of that. Right. The shock and horror of that, they will realise, my goodness me, uh, something extraordinary needs to be done, and if martial law is it, then let's, let's make sure it gets done and gets done properly. So when the word comes out, stay in your home for the next two weeks because we're cleaning house, the people will happily do that. The people will have prepared. The people will have you know, put aside enough food and water for themselves and others. Right. And just as a, as a, as a sideline, what's been going on for, what's this, 2023? <clears throat> a year and a bit now, we were warned, uh, it came across the news in Australia, uh, counterterrorism exercises on the east and west coast will be conducted from February to December 20, 2022. And the moment I heard that, people... I laughed and people ran me up and said, what does it mean? What does it mean? And I said, well, ladies and gentlemen, no exercise lasts for 10 months. This is a cover story. Uh, and what's been going on in Australia is that the appropriate forces have been going door to door quietly, very, very quietly, and arresting people, taking people down, simply because they had to be taken down. Right. So both East Coast, West Coast, good aspects of the military and our military has penetrated like every other country and so there are many la layers to this war so if anyone's confused and don't doesn't quite get it there's a reason for it it is complex okay. but they have been arrested for the last 10 months and so now we're in that phase where we're coming above ground makes sense back to your original point Jean-Claude why is all this happening now because for the last 12 months certainly in Oz and I don't, don't doubt the rest of the planet the bad people have been taken down. They've been given the uh, the option of the truth and reconciliation deal, which is actually participate in a way that we tell you to participate or you won't see tomorrow's dawn. Right. And so they've done that. And now, now that they have sufficient, my understanding, they have sufficient control of the levers of power, they can actually uh, transition from this guerrilla phase to a conventional phase, come above ground and start and prepare now for the, the cleaning out of the planet. 
Wow. Fabulously well said. Thank you so much. And I, I hope for the audience members, this makes sense too. Uh, Janine, let me have you pull some cards also here on the prospect of the population waking up, the timeline here of mid-March. What can we glean here from the tarot cards? While you pull uh, some cards, let me bring that up on the screen too. I just wanted to read a couple of comments. Uh, Glee Nurse, fantastic correspondence, JC. Thank you, Mr. Bosi and Janine. Uh, I got a late start. Thank you so much, JC. Absolutely ecstatic to be part of this group and best show ever, says Chicken Gate. Thank you so much, everyone. We're at almost at 8,000 live watching now and growing. Janine, going back to this idea of the importance of waking up the population here, let's take a pulse on where we're at right now, sitting today on February 23rd, and whether or not this timeline seems to be playing out here for mid to end March. I'm getting about two weeks to two months. So we're definitely within the time frame that you guys are talking about. And when it happens, things happen really fast. That's like a boots to the ground, sort of going really fast kind of card. There's something has to happen first before uh, anything really big shifts. And it has to do with the financial market. I'm, I'm going to say uh, your time frame is is really within two weeks to two months. Okay. Um, and it's important to note there that you keep bringing this up. Every time I ask you the question here, the same cards keep coming down that the financial system here is big in terms of the development of these next phases of the war. It's a critical uh, component there. And perhaps it's more complicated than most people uh, can even recognize at this point how intertwined all of that is uh, to this war. Ricardo, you're, you're bringing your thumb up to that. Um, let's touch that briefly. What's your understanding here of the financial system as it stands now? I saw Martin Armstrong on the news the other day saying, okay, um, nothing else is working here and the end of the road has uh, arrived here for the petrodollar and they're about to switch the table here and go to war to try to prevent um, maybe the blame <laughs> being put on the current controllers. What's your understanding here of the financial uh, component to this warfare? Sure. It's one of the ma major legs uh, of, of the war, as you can imagine. There are multiple parts to this and, and finance is, is a critical one. Um, I can confirm through other sources that's exactly what's happening. The, they cannot allow the system to collapse. We understand that there's been uh, training and preparation to have a, a seamless transition from the old financial system. And the petrodollar is just a tiny component of that. If you can imagine a house of cards, extremely finely balanced, and people, with their, people have got their cash flow and their systems in place, and they sit back and they tweak the machine. Well, the machine is going to be replaced. And as I said, petrodollar is just a tiny, tiny part of that. Mm -hmm. um, the flow of cash is like oxygen to the planet in terms of making things run. Because people, including you know, the deep underground military bases, they don't get built by people of goodwill. Now, they cost money. Money has to flow. And that's why the, the White Hats have focused on the, the Black Hat's capacity to control the cash. That's why so much money is now being sent to the Ukraine from the US. It's got nothing to do with saving the good people of the Ukraine. It's about feeding the cabal what it means to keep running. Because if they can't meet their monthly salary bill, it's not going to continue. Now, mm -hmm. how do I know that? Because I recently heard of a couple of people who are deep in the financial system. They're very wealthy, successful people, and their system is nicely tweaked. And they sit back and they watch the cash flow in. They've done the hard work. They've earned their rewards. Good luck to them. 
but they've found out recently, and by recently in the, in the last three months, that it's all going to come down. And, of course, from their perspective, they look at the change and say, how does this affect me? And it's not good. Right. And, and they are now quite dispirited would be an understatement. They're actually quite worried. They, and it's a fact that they know their lifestyle will change. Not might change. There's no way around it. You know, it doesn't matter how clever they are with their algorithms. It doesn't matter how clever they are with their modeling. Their world is about to change so profoundly. Um, and I had independent verification of that just recently, about three months ago, they realized. And, and some of them, to be expected about having like petulant children who have their lollipop taken away from them, they don't care about anybody else. They don't care about why it's changed. They don't, understand, they don't care about the babies as long as they get to have their first-class trip, world trip every every quarter, you know, life is good. There's, it's um, it's what we call the yellow hats. I'm not sure if I've explained this or you're aware of it, but the, let me just break down the the demographics for you of the people who are involved. You have black hats and white hats at each end. The black hats, they're pure evil, and they come in many forms, as we've said, and the white hats are the good guys trying to do what's best for us. And in between, just follow the, the spectrum of the rainbow. Alongside the black hats, you have the red hats. The red hats are amoral. They will do anything, anything for a pay packet. Now, for example, these are, um, in my world, these are shooters that will go and shoot personally 10,000 people. There's no, no conscience, no nothing. They just, they're mercenaries uh, in the worst kind of way. Now, what moves them? The only thing that will move them from their current position is watching the black hats go down. So it's not our job to deal with the red hats. The taking down of the black hats will reveal the red hats. The red hats will be given the truth and reconciliation deal, and they will squeal because they're basically cowards. They're just amoral. Next to them are the orange hats, just following the, the color spectrum. The orange hats are the true believers. These are just good people. They watch the news. They believe what the news says. They're completely brainwashed, as most of us were at some point. So there's no criticism there. But the orange hats, what will move them? The only thing that will move them is evidence of crime delivered by a trusted source. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I got on the, you know, the national television in Australia and said, you've all been lied to, they'd just laugh at me, which they do on a regular basis. But if the orange hats can see the same faces that have been telling them everything's fine, now say everything's not fine, they trust them. Mm-hmm. So evidence of crime, and now you understand our strategy of this election, evidence of crime reported by the mainstream media, by the same faces in the mainstream media, to the orange hats, that will shift the orange hats to our side. Then you've got the yellow hats, and that's about half the country in Australia. It's probably the world, but in Australia, it's about half the country. The yellow hats, what moves them? The fear of staying where they are is greater than the fear of the unknown in front of them. These people do not care. These are what Dante Alighieri wrote about in his Divine Comedy. This is a group that has been rejected both by heaven and hell, and it's a profoundly important work. And uh, as, as Dante is being guided through the, 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 the levels of heaven and hell with purg- purgatory in between, as the, just before they enter, they, they, they encounter this group of people mindlessly following a blank banner being stung into action by wasps. And that is their life for eternity. Having neither chosen good or evil, they are just indifferent. They're not even monsters. Monsters we can deal with. These are the indifferent and these are the yellow hats. And all they want to do is put their hands over their eyes and their hands over their ears and, and don't tell me that anything's wrong. Like just, just leave me alone, please. And so the yellow hats uh, will only move if the fear of where they are is greater than the fear of the future. They don't want to shift. 
And so that's 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 the job to hit them. And then you've got the others, the the green hats we call them. They're the ones that are now awake but don't know what to do. And the blue hats are the ones that we're in there fighting and helping the white hats out. So that helps you understand the demographics of with whom we are dealing in in executing this military operation. And it is a global military operation by every definition, by every metric. And so, like, it's a good combination of military and business breakdown, the market segments. Who's going to take out the red hats? How do we take out the orange hats? And how do we move the yellow hats? And so, again, once you start to understand the the analysis of the the uh, the players, the, the allies, the neutrals, and the adversaries, you start to understand why certain things occur. And what works for a red hat doesn't work for an orange hat, doesn't work for a yellow hat. So if you're looking for an event, trying to anal- analyze an event, and say, well, why did they do that? Well, it depends. For whom was that event conducted? Like, for example, now we are so past uh, getting advice. Oh, look, here's evidence that the mRNA uh, injection is killing people. And we go, really? No kidding. <laughs> well done. 10 out of 10. I don't want to hear that anymore. Right. We, are, we are so far ahead. We, are, we spend most of our time, in fact, working on the solution post, post the takedown of the cabal. Right. That's our job. Our job isn't to take out the bad guys. We're not there to, to storm the storm the beaches. Our job is to set ourselves up, and this is A1's job, Australia One's job within Australia, is to create an arc to help move the people from where they are to where they need to be after the takedown has occurred. So this is a this is our view of what we're doing and how we're doing it. But once again, in looking at these global events, balloons over America, burning uh, train wrecks, food facilities going up in flames, earthquakes in Turkey. You step back, and once you've analysed, and this is just the way that we do things in the military, you break it down, all the considerations, the geography, the, 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 the personnel, relative strengths, all of that, you can break it down and say, okay, I think I know why that occurred. I think I know why that occurred. That makes sense from that sort of 20,000-foot view of the, of the battlefield. Wow. Fascinating. Thank you so much. Um, I think it's the first time I've heard such a succinct definition here, not just the white hats and the, the, the black hats, but everything in between. And I think that'll go a long way uh, to helping the audience members, myself included, understand why perhaps it's taking so long. A lot of the the, the gripes that Janine and I get on the show is like, oh, come on, this show should end already. Uh, it's much, much, much com- more complex than uh, anything is led uh, to believe for, for us, the audience members who are not in the know here, so to speak. Uh, so first of all, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. And I can see from the comments in the chat section, uh, that was very informative. Now, part of the reason we're doing these shows, also Ricardo and Janine, is again, to walk from fear to power. And you mentioned something in the pre-show here that in this fifth generational warfare, we can, we've kind of touched upon this here, but we can be... Uh, dive a little bit deeper into this here too and how we're eventually going to move in and some of us are already into the sixth dimensional warfare. Explain yeah. that to the audience members because that's where uh, the empowerment comes in and that's where perhaps we're going to achieve a better result in, in, in terms of uh, removing the fear factor here from the equation. Go ahead. Absolutely. And this is key. Uh, and just by way of um, background, my primary job in special ops when I was in the headquarters, not in the units you know, carrying a rifle, but when I was doing the staff work, was in capability development. And the trick with capability development is to be ahead of the curve, to anticipate the next form of warfare and be prepared for that. Because there's an, there's an aphorism which is pretty true that the generals are always ready and willing to fight the last war. And so we took that to heart and actually decided let's be ready to fight the next war. And in fact, in, in, uh, in my time as head of cap- capability development, we developed a prediction capability, 
where we could, in a hard and, and, and tangible way, actually describe the capabilities, the weapons, the systems, the languages, everything we needed to fight the next war. And we were poised to leap in a one of any one of five scenarios. And we developed this uh, in our headquarters. Um, and so that's the world in which I live professionally, apart from squeezing triggers. Now, fifth gen warfare, let me just go back. First generation warfare, go back to ancient Greece, ancient Rome. Uh, massed bodies just charging each other and hacking and slashing. That's first-gen warfare. Second-gen warfare is now, I think, rifled weapons. Well, actually, uh, not even rifled weapons, more a case of weapons at long range. So massed tight formations were just massive targets. So whether it was a bow and arrow or rifled weapons uh, made no difference. You couldn't do that anymore. And so you, you end up with things like World War, the, the trench warfare in World War One, where massed 50,000 dead in one day. Insanity, right. insanity. But that was the, the transition is always expensive in terms of lives and in terms of blood and treasure. Third generation warfare is now maneuver warfare. We're talking tanks, aircraft. So we've got three dimensions uh, to play with. You've got uh, fast moving vehicles. Fourth, fourth dimension warfare is now asymmetrical warfare. So you have non-state players, terrorist organizations uh, engaged in war outside the strict strictures of the Geneva Convention, which is only a recent innovation in warfare. When you think about it, it's a little over 100 years old. Um, and then you've got fifth-gen warfare, which is now for the mind of the people. It's mm -hmm. not just, um, it's not just uh, what's the term? Oh, forgive me for a moment. It's not just the battle for what you think, it's how you think. And this is fifth-gen warfare, and that's why the battle has been so tough. And, and General Michael Flynn has put out an excellent uh, book on this, which I recommend everybody read. So to, it's, to understand it's how you think to bring you to a specific frame, frame of mind so that you can yeah. be manipulated. Absolutely. This is total war. Right. Every, every, every advertisement is part of fifth-gen warfare. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. And let's make Kentucky Fried Chicken famous. We have a series of advertisements in Australia at the moment, and it's it is um, it's giving women license to be as piggish as men. And the ads literally have a woman shoving a a a, a piece of KFC into her mouth and saying, "Shut up and give me a, and take my money." And I'm watching this, and I wouldn't accept that behaviour from a man, let alone a woman. I've got a couple of daughters. If they behave like that, I'll recalibrate them pretty quick, smart. But this is all fifth-gen warfare. Mm -hmm. This is for how you think. This is the battle for your mind. Right. And it's been a wonderful success. Now, I don't know if you know this, but advertising, when it kicked in, the, 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 the grandfather of advertising was the nephew of um, Sigmund Freud, and he understood the psychology of it and developed the precepts for advertising to persuade, to manipulate, to trick people into believing something. The mm -hmm. battle for your mind. This is fifth-gen warfare. And I've said this before. If people think they believe what they believe because they have rationally analyzed all the considerations and come up with the best answer according to the balance of probabilities, they're kidding themselves. All of us every day are being brainwashed. Every day. And the, the repetition, the repetition, the repetition, the repetition of a lie will eventually build in your head. Now, we will build a psychological model of ourselves and our place in the universe that gives us some comfort. Now, 
to challenge that is the equivalent of committing suicide psychologically. And that's why it is so hard. So that's why they, in this fifth gen warfare, they have been trying to, and they have succeeded with at least half the population to make them believe that they believe what they believe because they thought about it. Mm-hmm. No, they have just been programmed to believe what the cabal wants us to believe. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this is such a difficult. So it, it is total war. It's it's fought against men, women, and children. And and for a soldier, this is anathema to us. I mean, if you're going to have a war, you get you get some guys out there with guns, and we'll and we'll shoot it out according to a set of rules. Mm-hmm. But you never touch the women and children. And now this is we have been at war, and they have been undermining us at every level, um, and attacking us culturally, emotionally, psychologically, physically. At every, they've been weakening us by every metric. And we sit here, not we, not us, but half the population utterly confused about what to do with it. They don't believe that they can win. When I raise this with people, it terrifies them, and with good cause. Because mm-hmm. as I said, there's a psychological contract, construct we all have. Now, most of your viewers will recognize, as we were growing up, there was utter confusion, more questions than answers. Then you just get to a model and you think, oh, now I know how life works. And just the moment as you get a model another input, another another equation enters your life and you've got to accommodate that into your model. Right. And we create this model in order to survive. And it makes sense. Without it, we, you know, if you don't have any predictability, you cannot live. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But we need they have now built this model up so profoundly that people don't want to shoot. They cannot they would rather die than change. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fascinating. You mentioned that a lot of people were asking us to decode this a lot, latest Putin speech, and they were expecting to see more war talk. But in fact, when you decode it, he's talking about fifth dimensional war. He's talking about the degradation of the family unit. He's talking about uh, normalizing pedophilia, n- normalizing transgenderism. These are all acts of warping your mind to have you think in a certain way to be able to manipulate you. And so to some extent, when people are saying, hey, we already had all of these casualties of war here because of the mRNA uh, spike protein in the vaccine. Uh, really, these are just the latest victims of this war in this 5G warfare. So, too, are uh, the rest of the titles there I just mentioned from, from the speech. What, what do you make, first of all, uh, let's take a quick sidebar here before we get into the 6G war. What did you make of this latest speech from Putin? Is he addressing that in your view? Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched it. And um, the, uh, in the in, uh, I, I watched a running translation, in fact. And the the translator was was hyping it up. Will he talk about nuclear war? Will this occur? And I'm just laughing to myself because Putin, Vladimir Putin is not a fool, not an idiot. Mm-hmm. This nuclear war that, that the West, some in the West, the cabal are touting is the war that they wanted with Hillary Clinton. Trump was not supposed to win. Clinton was supposed to win. And right. then they were going to have a war with, with Russia. Right. And it had nothing to do with Russia being evil. It's to do with the fact that they, they, uh, the cabal cannot stand a nation state that operates outside its system. Gaddafi suffered the same fate. Now, Gaddafi wasn't a good man either, but his greatest crime wasn't what he was doing. His greatest crime was saying, you know what, let's, have a, uh, let's get outside of the petrodollar and have our own gold-backed currency. Let's give land to the people. Let's do this. Let's, and that's why he was taken out by, by uh, Clinton, who famously said, we came, we saw, he died. Mm-hmm. And so this is now this 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 nonsense that we're seeing about a nuclear war with Russia, is the same uh, play they had in their book way back before 20, uh, 2016. Right now, Putin knows exactly what he's doing. He is fiercely Russian. 
He's uh, fiercely protective of his nation, and I've called him a natural ally. I was asked a question a few years back, what do you think of Putin, Russia? And I said, natural ally to Australia. And the commentator just went dead quiet for about 10 seconds trying to comprehend what I was saying. But if you think about it, they're a Christian country. They have the same foundational culture as us. And this isn't a race issue. This is a culture issue. This is those foundational values upon which we build everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to be a Christian, but think about it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, love your neighbor as yourself, which basically means we are all equal. Well, yeah. Judaism is not equal. They are a supremacist religion. Yeah. Hinduism is a supremacist religion. And I'm not having a shot at anybody. I'm just des- describing facts. Mm-hmm. Um, Judaism, uh, Islam is a supremacist religion. because, And I've lived and worked in all these countries, so I'm talking about a lived experience here. If you are not Islam, if you're not a Muslim, you're useful and helpful, and I've worked with them. But you're like a donkey, and once you're useless or sick, they shoot you and you get another one. You are less than them. Right. And people have to understand this. This is facts. The military cannot be afforded to be swayed by passion. We must examine everything with deep reason. And so Russia is an absolutely uh, is a natural ally to us. Does that mean I personally like Vladimir Putin? I have no idea. Never met the guy. When I do, I'll, I'll check him out for you and I'll report back. Right. But, but uh, no, this is a nonsense war that they intended to have. Uh, back with Hillary, but it was delayed because Donald Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of uh, the conversation we were having with Janine on the show on Monday night was that this nuclear war, and I believe Cliff High was of the same opinion, that it had to be brought to our attention, even though it's fake in a way, in order to scare people into waking up again. So, again, part of this is also a white hat op in terms of waking up the population. Uh, somebody just said, hey, I've never done this, but I gave a $50 tip. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. She says, hey, this uh, interview is really worth it. Thank you so much, everyone. How, mu- how many are we at now? We're at 8,600 watching live. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, Mr. Borsi, part of the... Um, Genesis for this show is to empower people. And so a lot of people are watching the show and saying, okay, well, what can I do? Because every step of the way at the media level, at the government level, at the schooling level, we're told that we're nobody and that we have no effect on anything. We're the useless eaters, so to speak. We keep hearing that from all of our politicians. Yet in sixth generational warfare, that is absolutely not true. And we have way more power than we think we do. Let's have that conversation here for the audience members. Mr. Brosey, what are yeah, your, what's your take? I'd love to. I'd love to because, as I said, this is this is my bailiwick, um, thinking ahead. The mo- if you give me a job that's been done before, I get bored. I fall asleep. I'm not interested. But if you tell me it can't be done or no one's done it before, I'm there. I love it. That's that's where I get my stimulation. I get, I get juice out of that. As an example, and just so you're aware, people believe it can't be done and it won't be done. And the classic example used in consulting world is the four-minute mile. For years, the experts said the body cannot physically sustain the, the, the stresses required to run a mile in under four minutes until somebody did, and within 12 months, another three people did. So this mental block, and there's a reason I tell you this story. This is critical to everybody. What's sixth-gen warfare? Well, I don't know. I'm just getting my head around fourth-gen fifth gen warfare. Don't worry about it. Jump ahead. Right. You don't have to understand bows and arrows to use a rifle. Now, the best part about this is that you're in charge. Now, let me just describe Australia One's purpose, method, and end state. And this actually talks to six-gen warfare. Now, this, and please understand, when you are in kindergarten, you don't talk year 12 or university-level concepts. The planet has degraded. It has gone backwards. Let me give you an example. 
Don't talk about Christian morality. Just talk about right and wrong. Get people to think about that because that's just too far down the track. You get too many arguments. So when we talk about morality in a political sense, we're just talking about right and wrong and people make up your mind. But in Australia, one, and this is six-gen warfare at its best, and this is phase one of it because we'll be heading somewhere else down the track. And remind me to mention the ringing cedars of Russia, if, if I forget, please. So... In the military, before you start a large complex operation, you said your intention. It comprises three parts, purpose, method, and end state. Purpose is what you're going to do. Method is how you're going to do it. The end state is a checklist of what the world would look like once you're finished. Now, it's not a marketing document. It's not supposed to make you feel good. It is a to-do list. This is the, the end state. But let me take you through. Our purpose is to save Australia. To save Australia. And this was written three years ago. It's not to get elected. That's just a means to an end. Saving the country is the end. So whether we get elected or not is not necessarily germane. We have five other lines of effort which we are working upon. So even if we never get elected to parliament any time ever, we will still achieve our objective. So our purpose is to save Australia. Now, method doesn't come next. It's next in terms of the descriptor, but it, the method is revealed once you've done your analysis. But I'll give it to you straight away. Our method is this, that Australia will create a, a moral political party which assists every Australian to reach their highest individual perspective, uh, the, the highest individual potential, so that all may participate in the reformation of Australia. Let me say that again, because this is the most difficult, but the only way we can win and prevent this from ever happening again. Right. Australia One will create a moral political party, which will assist every Australian to reach their highest individual potential, so collectively all can participate in the reformation of Australia. And now the end state. So how do we know? What are we aiming towards? Now, this is just an intermediary, intermediate step, please. This is very 20th century thinking, but we've got to recapture that before we can get into 21st century thinking, unfortunately. And the end state is this. Australia is a moral, and the sequence is important, so listen carefully, a moral, sovereign, self-reliant Christian Western democracy, which is economically powerful, militarily intimidating, politically free, socially cohesive and culturally vibrant. That's what we want Australia to look like. Mm -hmm. Now this, to an elevated consciousness, it sounds very dumb. And it is because frankly, <laughs> this third dimension world in which we live is a dumb and hard, tough, rough, rough place. And so we get that and then we can transition to something else. And so now let's talk about six gen warfare. We as individuals, if we decided just to stop playing their game, and by their I mean the cabal, we win. It would stop. The system would cease. But people are afraid to do that because they're connected to the system. Mm -hmm. Where am I getting my food? How am I going to get my holidays? <laughs> and so we're, we're, we're bound to these, these silly needs or wants. They're not needs, they're wants. But we would stop today. If we stop today, the world, every average person out there just stop playing their game, they would lose. There aren't enough police, there aren't enough armies, there aren't enough jails to stop us. And I've, I said this a couple of years back in front of 200,000 people in Sydney. The moment we decide we want this to end, it will end. We just stop playing their game. Mm -hmm. that's, a tough, that's a tough place to get to quickly. But therein lies the secret to six-gen warfare, the power of the people. Now, our adversary, let's talk about adversary, then we'll come back to what we're doing. Our adversary, in its... Worst form is AI, artificial intelligence. Let me just jump right ahead here because you can't talk six-gen warfare without talking AI. Now, I'm not talking about uh, a machine that does the factory worker's job. I'm talking about an AI that becomes self-aware, 
and controls life forms. Just imagine that for a moment. Galactically, an AI that becomes self-aware and controls life forms. That is the worst of all possible enemies. The good news is even the best AI is a replicating system. And if you'll have to listen to this to get it, but it's okay. It's a replicating system. It cannot handle a couple of things. And I'm putting together the, the, the component parts, the cis-gen warfare, but the, th the first three of this. One is unpredictability. It mm. can't handle unpredictability because it's a replicating system. Two, it can't handle creativity. That's a human trait. And the last one, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just gone. Hang on. Oh, is spirit. Now, the entire planet, think of now we're transitioning from that purpose, method, and state I gave you, <clears throat> excuse me, for Australia one. Now advance that where we have two or three generations down the track. We have people, children, adults, who understand that they are, they have that spark of the divine within them and they know how to use it right. for good. Now imagine an entire planet with that, knowing it has that potential and applying that potential. Nothing can defeat it. Nothing. There's six gen warfare right there. Now there's going to be there's going to there's a process to get to where we are to where we want to be. But those elements comprise six gen warfare. It is genuinely the people deciding what the world will be like. Now, without sounding too kumbaya about the whole thing, um, and, and this is where, from my perspective, people get manifestation wrong. Well, you know, if you're not manifesting your Ferrari and, and your um, and your long long legged blonde girlfriend, then you're not not doing it correctly. There is a plan, folks. Whether you like it or not, there is a plan. Someone has decided there are parameters to this existence. Now, we get a lot of latitude at certain points in history. and other points in history, that latitude narrows quite dramatically. Mm -hmm. now, for those of you in this show, uh, most of you, just about all of you, are comfortable with the idea <clears throat> of a God, a source, a universal, whatever you want to call it. But you might want to share um, with your non-spiritual friends this book here. Return of the God Hypothesis by Stephen Meyer. Now, Stephen Meyer is a, a genius of a man who looks at nothing but the pure science. And the science says, this is pure science, the science says that there is a powerful intelligence outside of space-time energy and matter that is daily involved in our lives, which means there's a creator, which means there are laws, physical and moral, and there is a plan. And so you're not on your own. Understand that you have a role to play. Understand that you have much latitude in how you live your life. But if you're not manifesting your Ferrari, there might be a good reason for that because it's not part of the plan. Mm -hmm. The point of all of this is to understand, to help people understand that they are more powerful. That spark of the divine that is within you is the basis of six-gen warfare. And there are other practical parts to get to, to that point. But that's the basis of it. Wow. AI and other life forms cannot defeat it if we do this en masse. And there's, again, there's plenty of evidence. I remember there was a, uh, an intention experiment in Washington in the United States, Washington, D.C., and it was a very hot summer, and they had, and there's a set number that if you, you increase that set number to, to meditate the right way, you can affect the, the, uh, the mood of the place. Right. Anyway, the... The commissioner of police couldn't believe that they were going to reduce crime in D.C. that summer because in hot summers, people go crazy. 
the crime dropped by a, a measurable percentage. And he said, there's no way. The, the only way this could have happened if there was six foot of snow on the streets of Washington. There's just no way it could have happened. This is the evidence that what I'm saying is actually real because I'm I cannot afford to be victim to flights of fancy. I need evidence. I'm like the St. Thomas of this world. I want to see the wounds in Christ's hands before I believe he rose from the dead. And I, that's just a, a position I must take. I need hard evidence. And so there is hard evidence. So, so what, the point I'm making in a very long way, I do apologize for taking so much time. But the point I'm making is this. Every one of you out there, every one of you, if you band together, you can change the future of this planet for the better. Mm -hmm. When two or more are gathered in my name, I will be there. It's the same stuff, different language, same idea, but we all have to do it. And we are facing real threats. Now the AI, let me just talk about AI for a second. How are we developing AI? Our adversaries know how powerful AI can be. We destroy ourselves with it. The, there's a game called Eve, E-V-E, online. Play it for free. And it's an intergalactic game where you start with nothing and you can create entire empires, populate solar systems, go to war, trade, be diplomatic, whatever you want. And I looked at this game very briefly. I never played it. But I looked at it and said, this is magnificent. How fantastic is this? And it's for free. And I thought, that's an interesting business model. Why would you go to this much trouble to build this magnificent game and give it to people for free? Because what they're doing is they're learning... AI is learning how we operate as a species. Mm -hmm. And they just do it over and over and over again. And we are actually teaching AI how to defeat us. And that's why I went to the trouble of starting to decide what what are the component parts of sixth gen warfare, where do we start, and how do we transition to a more powerful (laughs) position. There's a simpler version of it. Call of Duty is a game I like to play. When I need to relax, I play Call of Duty. And I shoot But what I noticed is they have bots on the screen to come on and they are, you can't defeat them because they just cheat, they cheat, they cheat. And so I thought, okay, let's, let's play your game. You are now, you, you know, I have to hit you with more rounds before you go down. You hit me when I go down. So I had to become unpredictable. I had to be extremely creative. I had to change and they can't keep up. The AI can't keep up, but they're doing the same. They're teaching. We are teaching them how we fight. We are teaching them how we think. We are teaching them how we solve problems. Mm-hmm. And so in understanding that the six gen warfare, the spiritual component is the center of it, without doubt, but there are practical things on the outside that need to be done as well. Now, ladies and gentlemen, every one of you, and that's the good news, whether you believe it or not, every one of you has that power in you. The spark is the spark is within you. Okay, you, you just said a lot there. We can unpack that for a couple of shows, but I wanted to say a couple of things here. First of all, I agree with you. The spark is within you. And two, with respect to something that's free in marketing, we say there is no such thing as a free product. If it's free, you are the product. So, of course, they're learning about you in these free games. I totally agree with you on that. Uh, with respect to the spark being inside of us and having the ability to overcome when we coalesce together, I totally agree on that. I think that's been happening organically on the planet. I think that it's also why we saw the intervention of the um, spike protein, the mRNA vaccines as possibly a slowdown mechanism to cut off that source and to cut off also that scalar effect that we as humans have. I interviewed Kerry Cassidy uh, last year or two years ago with this book, The Rebel Gene. And apparently a lot of these attempts are happening around us right now to remove that rebel gene so that the AI or whoever 
is in charge of that intelligent force here trying to control us, want to remove that because it addresses the points that you talked about there, our creativity, our spontaneity, and our spirit. So that is the war that we are facing. But the good news is there that when we do come together, we have this scalar effect. Janine, let's pull some cards on that. A lot of people are waiting in the chat to see how close we are to this sixth-gen warfare, how many people are already involved in that. And let's speak to the truth about how we come together and how the spark is in all of us and how we can affect uh, this war in a very, very dramatic and positive way if only we understood that we have the power. Janine. A big yes to what you said there, Jean-Claude. So that's interesting. It's agreeing with your, it kind of made a statement there. We've got the different parts, so the coming together, and this is the spiritual element. So mixing the human ego with the spiritual element, that's where the two cups are. This is literally the card of alchemy. Mm-hmm. Okay, because so magic happens when you mix that creative spark with your human ego self, and you come up with what you're calling creativity. That spark that AI can't have, they don't have it. Do you know what I mean? So doing creative uh, work, absolutely being creative and uh, giving yourself permission to do that. So a big ace is do this, do this. So be creative in the way you approach things. So when you're um, like be creative with the way you do. uh, So say you're on YouTube, get creative on YouTube, do your work, do your painting. If you're a painter, uh, sculptor, music. Um, get your word out through your creativity. So through your art, your music, like that's how you're going to fight. This is literally using that creativity. Hang on. Yeah. Putting it out there and also the way you speak. So uh, using rap music, using uh, lyrics, using, so those are things they can't, uh, they can't do. They're not very good at it. AI. Mm. Right. So they can't follow. And that's why um, uh, using art to get your word out so that you're using these memes is actually working on social media. If you want to get something out there, you do it in the form of a mean meme or you do it in the form of humor and sarcasm. They don't always catch that. Right. So you can get a lot of stuff out there using these these uh, tricks. Right. So we might think of them as tricks, but they, they don't understand those things. See that card there? Uh, that's about truth and integrity. So find a creative way to get the truth out. That's literally that simple. Be creative with it. Put it in your painting. Put it in. People have been doing that for years. Some of my favorite artists on every level are political. Like they're talking about their ideals and their political values in their work. They're singing about them. They're painting about it. They're describing it in uh, their writing. Mm. So we we have to actually use it really literally to get the word out. Mm -hmm. So we share information in a creative way and they can't understand it. They can't follow it. That's pretty simple actually. And see that tower card there? Okay, that's a revelation card. It's like a revelation. So revelations occur. Sometimes when you show somebody something really subtly, so you paint it into your work, it's about intention. That's where the spiritual spark comes in. 
So say I'm, I'm a painter. So say I put, I did a painting. And when I went into the painting, my intention is to show something. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't literally show it. I'm not literal about it, but it's my intention and feeling every stroke I put in or say I'm a, a really good cook. Everything I'm putting, every ingredients into this meal I'm making for people is an intention, which by the way, is how I do cook. <laughs> Right. So spell casting, you could call it, but in a good way. So I'm putting like six mushrooms with this intention and I'm putting garlic this many for this thing. Okay, all of those intentions are layers of spiritual energy that can't be detected by AI and they can't understand it. They have no concept of that. So through cooking, painting, singing, uh, uh, the way you talk about something your intention when you say something, uh, put it in everything you do, use intention and creative, uh, your creative, whatever it is, because everybody's creative on some level. You even in your humor, like use it. And that that's how you're going to win this. Hmm. I love it. Thank you so much. Janine. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much again, uh, the folks for the rumble, um, chat and the uh, support here in the group we're at nine thousand now i think a little over nine thousand thank you so much and remember to follow the show guys if you want to see more of this amazing content uh mr bozy as the poster suggests on the battlefield commanders are, are often um tricked or challenged by observational dilemma we have this thick fog of woo right now uh it seems to be changing in its nature just this month right now and as we discuss if we are to going to marshal um the civilian population into waking up and coming together as you mentioned we cannot let it anything collapse right we cannot push so hard that we break the human psyche and go into this um um difficult situations where suddenly humans are all going off half cocked everywhere and breaking the system themselves. So let's talk about this observational dilemma that we find ourselves in here and perhaps give the tools to the audience members uh, of what commanders on the field usually use. And what I mean by that is right now, there's so many things happening so fast. It's a staccato of events. And for a lot of people, They tend to jump and share and scream at every little instance here. And what we're trying to do here, again, is to remove the fear from the equation, but also encourage people here to maybe step back a little bit to really understand what they're looking at before they react. Cliff High has a famous quote uh, since last year on his uh, Twitter, which was, don't win any stupid prizes in this war. You don't want to be the first one to get your head shut off, uh, poking your head out of the trenches. So let's talk about this observational dilemma and give some tips and tools to the audience members here as they see all of this craziness unfold around them so that they can keep their wits about them and make the right decisions for themselves and their family. Sure. First step is to, uh, to be self-reliant. And that has many dimensions to it, but even in a practical sense, because we've been telling people for some years now, look, stock up, have at least a month or two worth of food and water there. Mm-hmm. Now, has that been required in the last two years? No. But the fact that it's there, it takes one problem off their mind, if that makes sense. Right. So self-reliance is that absolutely critical part of this. The more self-reliant you are in every aspect of your life, the the better able you are to withstand any shock. So let's go through it physically, uh, physically self-reliant. And that's your food and your water and, and, the, and, the, and those requirements, those needs. Then you've got um, emotional self-reliance. Now, this speaks to exactly what Cliff Eyes said and uh, what uh, General Michael Flynn has said. Don't react. 
respond. Sit back and watch. The first reaction isn't always the right reaction, so just observe it. Take a moment. Take a breath. Is this important? No. Then let it go. Mm-hmm. And just watch the distractions because they love the distractions. And the bigger the distraction, the more mainstream, if you want a clue, the more the mainstream's talking about it, the less you should be looking at it. Look mm-hmm. at something they're not talking about that you know that's going on. That emotional self-reliance. Then you've got mental self-reliance. Keep your mind, keep your mind sharp. This is the mechanics of your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, avoid the stuff that's going to fog you out. Then you've got your psych- psychological self-reliance. And this is, this is where your decisions are made. This is based on your values. So make sure your values are sound. Uh, and then spiritual self-reliance. Pray. The lines are open. <laughs> Divine spirit is waiting for your call. And if you don't, uh, if you don't believe in it, call anyway. You'll get it picked up. I remember when I was, <laughs> I was going through the divorce, and uh, and uh, my son was taken from me, and I was in the back garden. I don't know what the neighbours thought about it, but I gave God an absolute mouthful, and uh, it was pretty salty language, and and I actually said, in colourful ways. If you really exist, I want unequivocal proof. I demand unequivocal proof. I want something to happen, a miracle by any other word. I want something to happen that cannot be explained in any way. Genuinely miraculous. Mm-hmm. And I stormed off and went to bed. Next morning it happened and I bowed my head and said, sorry about that. I'll be a bit more patient next time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you've got, and I'm lucky because, Am I a man of faith? By one definition, yes. By another, I'm not. Because when you've seen and heard what I've seen and heard, I don't have to believe anymore. I know. And if you're like me, you want proof, then ask for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Demand it. I mm-hmm. mean, again, it's my, it's my analogy, but it works. He's a great dad. He doesn't hang you out to dry. Right. So ask. So that's self-reliance um, psychologically, all those metrics, uh, physical, mental, emotional, psychological, and spiritual. He gets self-reliant. Once you're in a good shape or once your family's in a good shape, then you can start to observe what's happening out there. And so you don't get confused. You don't get upset. You can sit back and you can analyze what's occurring. So the more self-reliant we are as individuals and as families and as communities, and you can see why this model is very important for an entire nation, but it starts with the individual and the most of the family. That's the best thing you can do to withstand the shock of what's coming. The next thing from a commander's perspective is you've got your people self-reliant. The next thing you can do is you do it in a measured way. You reveal things in a measured way. Now, I still talk about, for example, in order to wake people up, full-term abortion. And for some, that's just terrific. But if they can't handle the full-term abortion debate, wait till they hear about the adrenochrome harvesting. Right. And wait till they hear about stuff way down there. So this, both my work and I'm, you know, we are way down there. We really are. But we don't talk about that because it's too much. So So as a commander, you... Release what they can handle because you don't, you know, you don't, you don't save someone by killing them, by putting them into a psychotic state. Right. And so I just gently, for different groups, I'll give more information away to different people. The full-term abortion issue is horrific. I'll describe an abortion, the actual abortion, and it wakes people up and they think that's terrible. Then I'll speak to somebody else about the adrenochrome harvesting and, and produce the evidence. Here's the firm that's doing it. And here's the report. And here's what they're doing to the kids. And the room goes dead silent. Mm-hmm. And so, and on a national and global level, you what you will find over the next few months is it'll come quickly, but it will be measured because people will suffer as a result of the shock, particularly the yellow hats. 
mm-hmm. particularly the yellow hats. They will really suffer. And that's half the population. It really is. And so that's right. the second part of it. Self-reliance part one and part two, you ease the information out in a digestible way. Although having said that, I can, I can, I suspect strongly that the white hats are shocked at how slow the people have been to respond. The, the most egregious crimes are being committed and the people are going, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. And right. they're not, Fight's not in them anymore. It's been it's been washed out of them. Right. They don't believe they have the right. Children are being taken from the parents. Of parents are saying, "Yeah, okay, it must be all right because the government said so." Right. And so I think I think the White Hats have been quite shocked at the slow response by the people, and now they have to accelerate. They want to get us. They want to get as many people as possible. That center of gravity, as I was speaking about earlier, you've got to have the people on your side so they accept what's got to be done. But I think uh, it's a lot of people are going to be quite upset at the speed with which it comes out. We'll be okay because we're across it and we have the tools we're prepared. And it's our job, it is our job to guide them. And that's why I call Australia One an ARC. Get everybody in the ARC and carry them from where they are to where they need to be. They're surrounded by an organisation with ideas, plans and people that can help them transition uh, into this new world. It's a new world order, but not, it's a new world, but not the one they ordered. It'll be right. ours. Exactly. Somebody once told me when I was a kid, you go to war with the bullets you have. And so for a lot of the audience members, they all have different types of bullets or in, in uh, shamanism, we'll say they all have different medicine uh, to bring to their community. So you've talked about how to um, address the observational dilemma and be a little bit more conducted, um, um, respond in, instead of reacting. Um but what do we go next for the people who are already there in our audience members and who have perhaps a few bullets or they have medicine in their pouch? How best can they serve this war right now? What would you say to them, those who are ready to maybe take that next step, to take the microphone, to become a leader uh, in their political sphere, um, in their uh, local region? What, what would you say is their next step? Speak up. Speak up. It's the best thing you can do. Um, and put your face out there. Because it's one thing to hide behind a, a, a nom de plume. It's, a, it's something to put behind an avatar. Mm-hmm. But stand up and, and show them. It's called social proof. Mm-hmm. Leaders have to believe before they see. Right. Most people only believe once they see. So you've got to step forward. Um, and, and let's face it, look, you know, I wasn't born six foot, three and a half, 112 kilos of special forces colonel. I was a little baby that shat his pants like everybody else. But become the example to them. Lead from the front by example, not from the rear by direction. Mm-hmm. Start doing it. You, you guys do it. You're comfortable with it. A lot of people are terrified. What we've found in Australia, one, is we have, we have had people, in fact, who didn't even know who the prime minister's name was two years ago and are now on the front foot leading the charge. Take that first step. Start doing. And if you do something wrong, do something else. And I mean it quite literally. Don't worry about errors. Errors are, they're lessons. They're just lessons. Even a sin. The word sin, I love it. It's fantastic. It is highly emotive for a Catholic, but you know what it means in archery? It means you miss the target. Mm-hmm. That's all it means. So you fire another arrow. You fire another arrow till you hit the target. So don't worry about the errors. Just start doing. And you always come, and you, this is, again, this is grist to your mill. Always come from a position of, of, of purity of spirit. And you can't go wrong, but start doing anything. If you want to write songs, write songs. If you want to stand in the park and give lectures on a soapbox, then do that too. The one thing that everybody can do that requires no particular courage is pray. 
in, in my parlance, pray and other, other parlance meditate, but speak to this powerful intelligence that exists outside of space, time, energy and matter that is daily involved in our lives. And the science proves it. That's what I love about it. Hmm. Pray and you'll be surprised. And that's what the moment everyone gets starts doing that, literally acknowledging the existence of, and I keep using these words because it is so sterile, this powerful intelligence outside of space, time, energy, and matter. Just consider that for a moment. I mean, it's just fun. Just sit there and think about an intelligence outside of space, time, energy, and matter. Wow. Okay. <laughs> really impressive. I think, I, think, I think this intelligence knows what it's doing. I love it. Just start doing or perhaps uh, let a spirit give you a battlefield promotion. I recorded this video a couple of years ago on BitChute uh, after I had just been deleted, I think, the second time on YouTube for saying, of course, inappropriate things. So go check out this episode. It speaks to what uh, Ricardo is talking about now. I pick up the mantle and don't wait. Just start doing. I love it. Uh, Janine, why don't I have you pull some cards on this also as we start winding down the show? Let's talk about, let me bring up the uh, Rumble chat here again. Let's uh, pull some cards on what universe wants the audience members to know specifically those that are ready to maybe start doing let's get some more of advice there from the tarot cards as well and while you pick up those cards uh, folks i wanted to bring to your attention here uh next tuesday at uh 2 p.m eastern beyond ravens is the new quick draw tuesday show here with janine here on this channel so please remember to uh follow the channel so if you don't want to miss those and also we do two of these a week uh, by the way uh they're called beyond the news with janine and jean claude you can find those here on beyondmystic.net and there you're looking for uh, the pay-per-view section or you can become a member also of the insider access pass have full access to all of these amazing interviews we just recorded earlier today the uncensored uh, version of the jim willie report we got into a lot of the financial uh, shenanigans that are happening right now and we just published also the astro woo uh, forecast for the month of march so check it out available on pay-per-view and also for the insider access pass janine uh, i lost your card view let me bring it back up there you go what does the universe have to uh, offer in terms of advice here okay uh first you got to pick a side mm. So make it clear, and I remember doing this many, many years ago, and I, I probably about 35 or 40 years ago, I made a commitment to the universe to do my work. I didn't even know what I was talking about, but I was in medicine training with a medicine man, and I just felt spiritually like I had to commit to a mission, but I didn't really know what the mission was, but I knew I was here to do something universe, like for the universe or to support the universe. And I felt that mission. Okay. So even if you don't literally feel the mission, stand somewhere. I chose a nature spot and commit soulfully to the fact that you're in this and what side are you on? Uh, are you on the side of, you know, freedom for humans? Are you on the good side for you? And of course, most people watching this would be, I would think, unless they're mm -hmm. just, the bad guy spying on what we're up to. You know what I mean? So most of us watching, you know what I'm talking about. Make that commitment. Because when this card's well aspected, like can often mean deep state, but we're not talking about that right now. We asked a question. So it's going to mean the other good thing that that card means. Because <laughs> I know if you've been watching me, I usually get this for the deep state. Okay, but when it's the good card, the good version of this card is very powerful. And it's about agree to or make a statement to the universe, okay, that you are willing to do the work. This 
person stands up and is accounted for and believes in something. Okay. So whatever that is for you, and it's going to be different for everybody. Okay. So are you on the side of uh, humanity? Do you agree to doing whatever it is your soul points you to be doing right now? Right. So make a commitment. And no matter how unique it is, because everybody's little part is going to be unique. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not going to look the same as Jean-Claude's. Not everybody's a Jean-Claude. Not everybody's a Ricardo Boise. Not everybody's a, you know, Janine Morajo. Not everybody. Everybody's part is going to be different. And you'll be told what it is if you just open up to it. The spirit world will come through you uh, if you hear or allow it or uh, give it permission. Okay, so no matter how unique it is, even if it just tells you you're here to comfort family members or you're here to, um, you know, work on your own stuff, whatever it is, you'll hear what it is. But you have to agree to listening and that you'll do what it says. Okay, Mm. and that's a lot of people. That's a new concept for them. I've been doing that my whole life. And it sounds like Ricardo's been doing that his whole life. And I know Jean-Claude has, but not everybody knows to do that. So. If that helps, I hope that helps. Okay. And stop being, um, uh, first of all, most of us have already, but don't listen to anything mainstream or where the mainstream's pointing to you or your point you're being pointed to. So uh, get out of the facade. Okay. So anything that's still a big facade, uh, don't buy into the gut punches. As soon as the mainstream and or everybody's pointing over here, and you're having this big reaction right now, that's exactly where you need to go away from. Mm-hmm. Take some time off, move away from that information and feel in your heart how you want to feel about something. Don't buy into the facade in the movie right now, okay? Because you're going to get pulled around and it's very confusing. Stick to uh, what your intuition says. Go back into that gut feeling. And uh, also recognize that, be good to yourself. So this card is about self-worth. It's a victory card, but it's a more internal victory and not necessarily an external victory. So look at your wins instead of your losses. Instead of always looking at what didn't happen out there, understand what has. Look at how much has changed since we first started doing this three years ago, Jean-Claude. Yeah. Look at how much, how far we've come. Uh, we used to never be able to even say the thing. Now we got a rumble channel. We can say things. I got a, a channel that I can say whatever I want on. We used to have to tippy toe around everything on YouTube. Like it, it's brilliant that we're here where we are. Mm-hmm. And even our whole community, like we're not rounded up. We're not in FEMA camps. They were telling us we were going to be in FEMA camps, rounded up. We could have all been uh, killed by uh, the the vax if, you know, or the fake pandemic. Like none of that happened. So where are we? Don't fall for what they're saying. Look at literally where are you? Mm-hmm. We're actually getting stronger and there's more of us. Right. Okay. So watch the real signs, not the fake signs that they're telling you. Right. And then uh, notice your victories. Always noticing victories makes for more victories because now you're going to create and generate more positive energy because uh, and celebrate the wins. Not just get all bummed out because the Brunson brothers got uh, put down again. And, you know, Mm -hmm. guess what? There's probably a way better. It's probably going to work out to your advantage. Trust me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's all good because none of it's real anyway. Uh, The election was fake. Okay, so none of that, 
matters. It's already been, you know, there's stuff already being done. Okay. So celebrate your wins and, uh, you know, be there for yourself because that'll just help the energy get bigger. Right. So we've got the four of cups and I agree, uh, give people, uh, don't just drop, you know, everything, you know, on them, do it in increments. Like this card says Mm -hmm. little bits at a time from emotional caring. So come with an emotional caring, not because you want to slap them upside the head. <laughs> like, trust me, I feel like doing sometimes to family members. Do it out of love and care for them and in a loving, caring way. Giving them the information because you love them. Start the conversation in a loving way, not I want to smack you upside the head way. Right. OK. And, that, and, and then be willing to be the warrior. When um, it feels like the universe wants you to step up, be willing to step up. That's your spiritual warrior card. If that's what you're called to do, you got to be willing to do it right now. I love it. Thank you so much, Janine. And I echo your sentiment. When the mainstream media is telling you, look over here, your best reaction is just to turn around and look in the exact opposite direction. That's served me really well over the last couple of years and more so uh, maybe uh, during the uh, siege of Ottawa uh, for the Freedom Convoy. A big thank you again to Janine and Julie who were anchoring uh, in the studio while I was uh, freezing my fingers off here (laughs) reporting on the freedom-loving people here in Canada this inspired a big, uh, the Freedom Convoy did, inspired quite a bit of action around the world. And I think um, the repercussions of that are yet unknown into how we understand how uh, much power we have when we come uh, together. So big thank you uh, for that, Janine. And uh, of course, guys, if you want more of that amazing wisdom, you can do so here at tarotbyjanine.com, where Janine has a beautiful community there growing. It's four ninety nine a month. She does a bunch of these uh, decodes here during the week, including also the Zodiac uh, spreads for the month. So you don't want to miss that. And she's also doing uh, one-on-one interviews now. So go check it out at tarotbyjanine.com. Uh, Mr. Brucey, before we go, you have the opportunity here, and I want to give you the chance uh, to maybe ask Janine uh, one or two questions here uh, from the tarot. So I know I didn't talk about uh, this during the pre-show, so I'm, I'm kind of catching you off guard. So while you think of a question or two for Janine, uh, let me bring up also uh, the sponsor for the show today. Of course, it's the beautiful Ascension Organites Pyramid uh, from Carla. Let's see what she has to say uh, for this one here. This is one of the pyramids that will go out to, to one of our uh, beautiful donators today. This is Carla from Ascension Organized, and today I have another piece of the astrology series. This is Leo. So Leo is made of carnelian, black tourmaline, blue tiger's eye, and amethyst crystals together with brass metals and the flower of life in gold. So Leo is confident, they love attention, they're very charismatic, and they tend to be the leaders. Carnelian is great to balance out uh, their passion and also their hot temper at times. Black tourmaline is great as a protection stone, just as well as blue tiger's eye, which promotes self-worth and stops self-criticism. Amethyst is a great stone for psychic abilities, for helping relax, helping anxiety, and overall mental wellness. I'll give Leo a quick turn so you can see it. And there it is. Hope you guys like it, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Carla. I appreciate that. And folks, if you need to meditate and you want to ground a little bit, perhaps getting one of these amazing pyramids in your own possession, you can do so here at ascensionorganites.com. And if you use the coupon code Beyond Mystic, uh, you'll get an extra 10% off of these amazing, amazing 
Creations by Carla. Mr. Bosey, you're up. I hope I gave you enough time there to think of a cool question for Janine and for the cards. Um, the microphone is yours. What do you want to ask? It's funny because I've got such a clear view of what's going to happen. The question is always when, and so I never ask the when. But I have such a supreme confidence in the final outcome. Some of the, the, the twists and turn, uh, turns are unknown. So I was actually really struggling for a question, to be honest. But before, while I continue thinking, let me just tell your listeners a story. Um, this is when I used to watch you guys before we knew, knew of each other, I guess. And um, I was doing a talk in Newcastle, which is one of our cities on the east coast of Australia, north of Sydney. And a pastor came up to me and he was quizzing me on, on the Bible. And I said, look, I'm not, a, I'm not a biblical scholar. I just follow Christ's words and his life example. So, you know, let's leave it at that. He pressed me and pressed me. And then I realized this guy was beginning. He wanted to save my soul because I was going to burn in hell. So I gave him some colorful language. and said I was going to burn in hell several times for my, for my blasphemy, which he didn't like. At that point, a raven started attacking his, uh, his cameraman. <laughs> And I looked up and watched this, and I burst out laughing because I knew exactly what was happening. Chased the cameraman away, and eventually that, that same raven, we had a, a marquee set up with Australia One on it, and the raven sat on the top of our marquee, and my wife took a photograph of myself standing in front of it. I think she sent it to you, Janine, the photograph. Yeah, and I just smiled and laughed and I said, this is how many, how many coincidences before it becomes, you know, mathematically impossible? <laughs> but anyway, it's just, it's my favorite Janine story because it, it just, it lifted our spirits after a very long day. Um, okay, a question for Janine. I can't believe it. there are millions of people saying, God, I've got a question for her. Why can't you ask one? And I'm genuinely struggling because um, I'm, 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 I'm sincerely, I'll tell you what, I've got a friend and she's suffering, she's suffering from um, cancer. And let's just say her name starts with T. It doesn't, but let's say it does. Um, does is that enough for you, Janine, or do you need a name? Or No, you just have to think about her. All right, I'm thinking about her. Is she going to be okay? Okay. okay. Very good. And speaking of Ravens, I see a few people asking in the chats. Yes, the pre-order um, form is available now. We're producing Janine's Ascending Ravens Silver Bars. If you fill out the pre-order form here at beyondmystic.net forward slash silver bar, you'll be the first to be contacted here when they're ready to be uh, shipped out. And don't forget to log in to your Insider Access Pass and also to the Tarot by Janine to find out your special discount code here for an even lower uh, premium. All right, Janine, for... The person that Ricardo is thinking about now with cancer, what is the outcome? Okay, I'm going to be really straight, if that's okay with everybody. This person just needs to change where their focus is and they could stay or go. So whatever they're considering, I'm all right. What's all right. Okay. They have to really think about what they'd like because it's up to them and their vision and desire. If they stay longer or this is an opportunity 
uh, to exit left stage from this particular incarnation. Of course, we know soul never dies. Okay, mm. but they're literally at a crossroads in their own process where the universe is waiting for them to put a really direct focus on would, uh, you know, how much longer would they like? And is that what they want to do? Or is this a good time to exit? So it's literally their call. It looks like it's been really hard. So things have been really hard. And they're at this crossroads where it could get better or get harder and they could leave. So they literally have to uh, take charge of the decision themselves and tell the universe how they want to play it. So I don't know if that was helpful, but. Oh, no, that is, that's perfect. And again, on the money, Janine, that, that, that sums it up beautifully. It really does. Good. Well, I'll contact this person and we'll have a chat. And uh, whatever happens, happens. I mean, again, we three are very comfortable with that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in our hands many, many, many times in many ways. So thank you. Can I just tell one, one last thing before we go? Sure, absolutely. I was talking about, sorry, the cats just decided to wander in. There you go. You can see a cat's tail. <laughs> Um, I mentioned that uh, that end state we're creating here in Australia about the moral sovereign, sovereign line, Christian Western democracy, blah, blah, blah. This is a transitional point only because I know that there are people who think, oh, well, that's just so 20th century and it is, as I explained it, because we've got to get back to the 20th century because we've drifted into pre-biblical barbarism. Um, LAUGHTER Okay, okay, she wants to say hello. There you go. Cat wants to be part of the show. There she is. There you go. Now, what happened was this cat, we went to, my wife likes to rescue animals. And so we went to the pound and um, and she said, which animal's been in the cage longer than any other animal? And they said, this one in the corner. And the markings aren't particularly attractive. I call her sooty because her face is well, half black. Her name's Bella. But she turned out to be the most amazing spirit. Uh, she's... She, when I when I go upstairs to say goodnight, put the girls to sleep and we pray, um, the cat comes up, sits on the bed and joins us for prayers every night. It, it, she, this spirit, I don't know who she was in her past life, but <laughs> she's pretty connected to everybody. Anyway, that's that's the cat. Right, back to the story. Um, this, this 20th century model we've got to get back to simply because we have gone into pre-biblical barbarism in every literal way. It's not a, not a metaphor. Right. It's not an exaggeration, um, you know, sacrificing babies for profit. I mean, that's what we're doing with full-time abortion. Um, the, the area we want to get to is best described in a series of books called The, the Ringing Cedars of Russia. Mm. Uh, now, some of your people may have heard of it. And when I first mentioned it, I thought I'm going a little bit too woo here. And I saw maybe a dozen faces in the audience in this room I was speaking to light up with joy that I was referring to this book called The Ringing Cedars of Russia, which describes human existence probably Garden of Eden level in complete and perfect harmony. Uh, quite an extraordinary series of, extraordinary series of books. Uh, the main character, her name is Anastasia, which is the Russian way of saying Anastasia, but it's Anastasia is the main character. It's a true story. And for those of your listeners who have not heard of The Ringing Cedars of Russia, I highly recommend it because that will inform people of our ultimate destination for certainly humanity here in Australia. It's quite extraordinary, extraordinary stories, all verified as factual. 
And uh, thanks for thanks, John Cullen. That's excellent. Uh, but please read it, and we'll inspire you and give you the most amazing hope for the future, absent any particular spiritual model. So it's not we're not proselytizing for any particular religion. It is pure spirituality and an extraordinary series of books. And one of the one of the lessons out of that we're actually going to apply to our policies here in Australia will be we're designing a system where we allocate a hectare of land to every person so they can start creating their own family domains and start re-establishing a family connection where you are you have children, grandchildren, parents and short grandchildren and great-grandchildren and grandparents and great-grandparents all working in harmony together to help build the foundation of the future Australia, which is strong families, obviously, and upon that foundation we can build a extraordinary future for the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so please uh, have a read of those books, have a look at it. We're certainly looking at it. And um, I believe Vladimir Putin has been approached to do the same and he's examining uh, much of what they are saying in there. But certainly that hectare of land uh, in Oz, and we're going to start building these communities, decentralising the, the, the people out of the major cities, which is what the cabal wanted, and bringing people back to nature in every possible way. It adds to that self-reliance. It adds to the um, that foundation that we require that's been taken from us by design. In the in uh, opposite direction of the 15-minute cities, these guys are trying to shove down our throats. Thank you so much, yeah. uh, Mr. Bosi. Uh, thank you so much, Janine. Both of you uh, today, an amazing show, and a big thank you to all of you audience members. We're almost at 10,000 live. Thank you so much, everyone. Please uh, don't forget to hit that uh, follow button to see more of these amazing shows. And speaking of that, next week, uh, Janine and I will be on the road on a couple of days here. So we are going to be doing, instead of doing this Thursday, 4 p.m., a rumble show we'll be having this show next week on wednesday uh, march 1st at 4 p.m i'll be putting the poster up here in a second just after this show so you guys can go and uh, click on it to add to your schedule in the meantime of course you can find the amazing ricardo bosi here at australia one party.com and you can find janine also here at tarot by janine.com this was the first episode of the war correspondent uncensored here on rumble thank you so much for joining everyone i'm jean-claude beyond mystic i love you guys Please be safe, have a great day, and uh, we'll see you soon. Au revoir. Au revoir. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.